today on Turbo Talks, Rianne Marcus of Team Jumbo Visma Women for stage 4 of the Garmin Never Stop series. Welcome to a new special episode of the Turbo Talks podcast. My name is Rob Pau and you are listening to the final of four podcasts as part of the Garmin Never Stop series on Zwift. Because this December, Garmin is putting on the ultimate choose-your-own-adventure experience on the virtual routes less traveled. Whether it's riding or running, or a shorter or longer route, the four stages have it all. Including that fresh new Garmin Tech's in-game kit that you get when you've completed one of the stages. And hopefully most of you are already riding in it by now. And this stage 4 offers you your last chance to go into the draw to win some of those great Garmin and Tech's prizes. All you have to do is complete a long-distance event of a stage. So if you end up completing all long rides of the four stages that will give you four entries into the draw to win a Tex Neo 2T and each long run completed is an entry to win a Garmin 4 Runner 945 Tri Bundle. So if this is your first event of the series you've got a slightly smaller chance to win but no stress you still go into the draw if you complete that long ride or run this stage. And as with the previous three stages we of course have a special guest on this TurboTalks podcast for your in-ride entertainment. So if you are listening while you have just started riding around Watopia, there is a chance that your ride leader is no one else than Rianne Marcus of Team Jumbo Visma Women. Time to bring her on the show and hear all about her season, off-season and plans for 2022. Welcome Rianne, how are you? Hello, I'm very good, thanks. Welcome on the show. Uh, I see you're getting probably a bit already in the Christmas mood, Christmas tree in the background. Yeah, 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 I really like uh, being at home in the winter time um, because you can spend a bit more time with friends and family. Um, and I'm, uh, uh, yeah, really a big fan of Christmas. So uh, my house is pretty uh, decorated. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And also some presents already under the tree, or was it a bit too early for that? Yeah, also some presents already under the tree, but only for my boyfriend, and he didn't buy anything for me yet. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe he comes up with a pair of socks. Would be not a really original, would it? <laughs> no. <laughs> for the we have enough socks, but uh, yeah. I like it to get them, actually. All right. So for the people who don't know you, your boyfriend, Jasper Okkeloon, also known as Sokkeloon, obviously, for, for a lot of uh, people, especially the Dutch listeners. Um, it's been, by the time we're recording this, it's already been almost two months since your last race, Paris-Roubaix. How has your off-season been that far? Yeah, um, well, it's actually uh, really weird because uh, when you finish the season, you have some big goals in the end, uh, Worlds, uh, Paris-Roubaix. So, um, yeah, a lot to focus on. And then when finally off-season starts, uh, I actually got ill twice. So uh, I think it's uh, saying something about how much stress my body had. And, yeah, it was a pretty uh, hard period, but also, of course, it was, yeah, incredible to uh, be part of the first Paris-Roubaix. Um, well, so I actually spend a lot of time a bit more than I uh, I wish I did on the couch, uh, watching Netflix video long. Um, but um, luckily I'm um, back in shape, of getting back in shape again, actually, and uh, yeah, spending some time with friends and family. So I'm doing good, actually. And any time still uh, in between lying on the couch for some adventures as well? Maybe on or off the bike, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so first, uh, yeah, I had to get better, and it took actually uh, two or three weeks. But um, yeah, I've been on holiday uh, for a week to Menorca. It's a small island next to Mallorca and Ibiza, so uh, I did some pretty nice uh, 
hikes there and also some horse riding. Um, so yeah, it's time to uh, also do some different things than cycling. And uh, yeah, I enjoy it actually. All right, great. This sounds like a pretty good uh, adventure. Is it something that you did before cycling, horse riding? Yeah, yeah. Um, when I became four, I got uh, a horse from my dad, a really small one. But uh, yeah, so I grew up with animals around me. Yeah. And you probably also grew up with a lot of bikes around you, um, given yes. like the, the family Marcus is pretty well known in cycling, with your sister obviously also on uh, Park Hotel, another team. Uh, how was that growing yeah. up and how did you guys all get involved in cycling? Well, actually, my dad started as a soccer player and when his knees uh, were like kind of broken, not broken, but, you know, everything inside was, uh, yeah, kind of broken. Um, he started cycling and, uh, well, he did only the crits around here in the towns and in the Netherlands, uh, so pretty small, but he was a pretty good amateur. And that's, um, yeah, how he also got into um, speed skating, ice skating. And yeah, when we became uh, five, six years old, we had to go uh, on like uh, a school to learn how to do ice skating, speed skating and stuff. And we really enjoyed it. Uh, I have two sisters. So one of them, the youngest one is a professional speed skater now. And uh, my other one was a professional uh, speed skater, the middle one, Femka. But she's now riding for Park Hotel as well. And of course, when you're doing ice skating or speed skating, you have to go on the bike for training. That's how it all started. And I enjoyed cycling a bit more than speed skating. So um, yeah, here we are. Would there have been a career for you in speed skating? Maybe if you liked it a bit more? Mm, Did you have the uh, talent? I or? Don't, uh, no, I don't think so, actually. Maybe with marathons, but not, uh, not uh, uh, like the distance skating. So. No. So, so there has been obviously uh, in the Netherlands a lot of uh, cyclists combine it with speed skating in winter. I think uh, Demi Vollering uh, is is one of them as well. Um, what what is it specific about uh, the, that combination that makes it so beneficial? Um, yeah, well, actually, last week I've been skating because it was so raining here in the Netherlands, um, and yeah, it's, uh, you have the roof o uh, over the speed skate. Um, track so yeah it was actually a pretty nice uh, day out instead of cycling uh, when it's bad weather um but yeah i think it's the nice thing about speed skating is that in the netherlands we all have to dream that we can go out on the lakes and the rivers uh, in the winter um well the last years it was a bit more difficult of course but uh yeah i think that's still the dream of everyone and um it's a nice combination of working out with friends with nice people around you and have a bit yeah nice uh, conversation and stuff uh, together on the track and afterwards uh drinking a warm uh, chocolate milk with cream of course is that still a dream of you because maybe people listening know that el state or aka the, uh, let's call it the 11 city tour in the netherlands the, the infamous moment is it still a dream of yours to do that one one day yeah, yeah, that would be uh, yeah insane. I can't imagine to skate 200 k's, but uh, yeah, it would be so crazy to do it. And how about uh, other other activities uh, during the offseason? Horse riding, speed skating. Has there even been a bit of time to sit on the bike as well, just leisurely, or? 
Uh, well, I, for me, it's not a problem to uh, don't be on the bike for three weeks. Um, so I really enjoy it, actually. But uh, now the adventures start again, so it's nice to go out for mountain biking. Um, I do some beach races. So in the Netherlands, uh, yeah, we ride with a mountain bike on the beach. Um, and I really like it to find new routes in the forest or, yeah. Um, so now it's uh, definitely time to have some uh, adventures and, and finding some new routes, training routes. And with those beach races, do they also, do you use them, like incorporate them like in your training? Yeah. Yeah. So um, actually this year, because of uh, yeah the COVID virus, there are not so many races. Um, but um, before uh, there were like almost every week there was a race. And it's uh, for me a really nice combination of having a hard training. Um, it's like a race of one and a half hour most of the time. And uh, it's pretty hard because of the sand you have to push all the time. So you ride the soft parts, but also the hard parts. And But always you have to push a bit more than on the road. And um, yeah, for me, it's a nice combination uh, of training and, and also being in an environment without the team, but with uh, more with friends and stuff. So uh, yeah, it's a nice uh, winter uh, training for me. And do you then also notice maybe some benefits in terms of like technical skills later on yeah, in the season? Um, How does it help that? Yeah, it's um, it's always uh, good, I think, to be busy with technique because um, sometimes people forget how important it is also on the road to handle your bike really well. Um, but it definitely helps because, uh, yeah, I don't know if you ever rode in like loose sand, uh, but especially if you come from the dunes, so from the top and you have to ride loose sand uh, down. Maybe you saw it in cyclocross before, but it's pretty hard. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually sure that you can use the technical skills um, in the summer. Yeah, I'm always pretty happy when I see, uh, when just to watch that on TV. It's like when I see some sand <laughs> on the road, I prefer to go around it uh, in, in some way always. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and with your, um, and with like the adventures that you'll be going on, like discovering maybe new routes as well. Um, is there something that you, that you can use your Garmin for that as well? Yeah, definitely, because um, nowadays it's more easy to find routes on the internet, um, but also yeah, to find roads you've never been before. Um, and I always like it to make a, yeah, a GPX file on my Garmin because, um, yeah, it's, it's for me, I think it's pretty annoying to stop 10 times to watch if you're still in the right direction, you know? So I always plan my route before and I uploaded it on the Garmin and then, um, yeah, I don't have to look uh, 10 times on my phone on the map where I am, but I just can follow the route. And yeah, it makes it more easy nowadays. Also, for example, when you we travel a lot with cycling and where we are not in the Netherlands, but on a place we've never been before to make a really nice lap, um, yeah, without getting lost 10 times. So uh, definitely. Is that one of the things that you sort of like take up on you when you guys are away to, to be the one like, okay, let's do this lap or let's do this route and create those? Or are you are you following someone else? Who, who does that most in the team? Uh, well, kind of uh, both actually, because uh, yeah, I'm most of the time uh, the leader in the team. So I'm uh, pretty much uh, all the time I... Uh, yeah, I'm making options for routes, but also uh, sometimes the, the DS, the team DS makes them. 
uh, but normally like uh, yeah I really like it as well to make a nice lap so uh, but we shift also because it's nice to do you know to give everyone uh, uh, sometimes option to make the route so but I like it yeah and I think I've, I've once heard that Marianne always has the rule that you can't go over the same road twice so it always has to be like a perfect loop do, do you follow those same rules when you create yours or yeah <laughs> yeah indeed um i'm actually a bit too long with Murray on the team i think because she's <laughs> infecting me with this virus <laughs> so we never ride a half hour same direction and then turn around in the same way back we always have to make a loop and it makes it kind of funny as well because that's uh where we get up, get in the adventure zone actually because normally we get stuck on gravel roads or even on altitude last year, we had to cross rivers to continue. Um, so yeah, it's actually, uh, I, I really like it as well. And uh, yeah, she pretty much affected me with this. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned being on the team with her for a while now. I think it's already five years that you've been on the same team as her. Yeah, um, I, next year will be the sixth year indeed. Is there, is there still something you learned from her in that sixth year, going into the sixth year? Um, yeah, actually, um, yeah, every year we keep learning because you always come in, in different situations you've never been before. Um, but it also gives, uh, for me, a bit, big adventure that I know her so well, because um, when I'm leading her out for a sprint or stuff, um, I don't actually need to know um, any words of her because I can really feel in the race if I see her on the bike and stuff. Um, yeah, I really can feel how she she is and, and it's more easy for me to find her in the bunch, but also to lead her out because, yeah, the more often you get in situations uh, together, yeah, the better, the more you learn, of course. So, um, yeah, still keep learning always, but um, um, I also pretty happy that uh, I know her pretty well now, so we can work uh, pretty good together. And you mentioned like the learning in terms of like your own development. It feels maybe 2021 has been a, a step up maybe for yourself in your career. Do, do you see that yourself as well? Or Yeah, um, I actually am kind of improving every year and um, the steps are not really big, but um, I'm making steps every year and that's what I really enjoy as well. Um, I did win some UCI races before, but this year I won my first World Tour race. And of course, that feels like uh, yeah, a big, big uh, step forward. And um, yeah, well, with the world's um, the time trial, um, I'm pretty happy as well. So yeah, it's I'm I'm feeling really happy about how the season went, and also pretty proud. And do you see that like progress, like for the outside world, like as um, I mentioned it, so I noticed it. Is that then just in the results? Is is that the confirmation? And did you already know from yourself that, that you had it in you or already on that trajectory, but now only people start to noticing it because of the results? Um, I think a bit a combination of both. So actually uh, nowadays you can follow all the women races on like live streams and GCN and television. So that makes a big difference, of course, because um, Sometimes I was part of the final, but because of, you couldn't watch the race, nobody saw it. So then the result maybe um, didn't look that good, but the race was. So that's a big, uh, big part. 
uh, of course, results help because most of the people watching the end add a result. So yeah, that's that's a big part. Um, but um, yeah, I think um, for me this year I was also part uh, more often. Uh, like I was more often in the world tour in the finals. I was there. So then of course, yeah, people start to get to know you better, and then of course it helps when you get a big result as well. So I think it's a combination of everything. Yeah, and you already mentioned like that World Championships. Um, not only became you, you became ninth in the individual time trial, but grabbed a medal, silver medal in the mixed relay. Uh, you already had a gold one from 2019. What is so special about that mixed relay event? And why does it suit you? Yeah, um, well, as a person, I'm really good with time trials and, and especially the mixed relay is a bit harder than the team time trial because you're not with six or like the guys are sometimes with eight or nine, but we were with three. So you really have to work together. And then it's it's more, um, instead of the team time trial, it's a bit closer to the individual time trial. Um, and yeah, what I like so much about it is that you have to focus every single second because if you come from the front, yeah, you have to pick in immediately, otherwise you're dropped. Um, it's it's really a team effort, um, but also you're connected to the guys. So the days before the race, you're also together in the hotel, um, doing a coffee ride together, a warming up session. And it's a really special feeling that the guys have, yeah, also they have to work with us. So they have to learn us. They have to, um, yeah, bring us in the whole process towards the race. and. Yeah, I really like it when uh, a team comes together, when the effort is really a team effort. And um, yeah, then especially uh, if it's a, a team effort on the TT bike, then um, yeah, you couldn't get me any happier, actually. <laughs> and then oh, your teammates, uh, you were wrote the, the, the women for the Netherlands who were riding were Ellen van Dijk and Annemiek and yourself. I can only imagine that that must have hurt a bit in the legs. Oh, time trial obviously yeah. always hurts. And then with those two big engines doing that team time trial, was that maybe even just a little bit extra harder? Yeah, it was. It was definitely extremely hard, um, especially because, of course, Ellen and Annemieke are a bit stronger than I am. So you know that you are going to suffer the most. Um, but my motivation was yeah, really high because it was also a dream coming true to be part of yeah, that strong team, you know, it's, if, if it's your dream to become the, like the best with time trials or team time trials, and you get the opportunity to ride with Ellen and on a me. Yeah. That's the biggest you can aim for actually at the moment. So that was crazy. Uh, but yeah, it did hurt a lot. <laughs> with some of the biggest numbers that you've seen on your Garmin? Um, yeah. Um, well, not the biggest all the time, but uh, yeah, you could see that it was extremely high. Yeah. yeah. And you live like in the northern part of the Netherlands. And I think there's a, like a pretty good like riding group uh, with some lot of strong riders. Is there a benefit in, in training on those flats, open roads with such, with such a strong group? Yeah, um, especially because uh, there's a combination of uh, professional women uh, riders around me, but also professional guys. So I can have a, a bit of combination of everything. So I do some efforts on my own. I do some small rides on my own, but also I ride a lot with the group. And I think, yeah, besides of 
it's uh, of course more motivating to ride together. It's always always uh, an adventure to train together because when you train uh, with people who are stronger than you, for example, normally you grow towards that level. So uh, yeah. Did it sometimes in the beginning maybe frighten you a little bit as well when you go on those rides or you just embrace it and think I'm only going to well, get better from this? Uh, well, I, uh, I've i been a lot of times uh, really grumpy because <laughs> especially in the winter days when it's cold and windy and you know you're not actually not strong enough to keep with the group. Um, yeah, it's not nice. But the weird thing about cycling is that when you suffer like as a hell and you come at home and you know you had some lunch or I don't know, you had some rest, then you feel good again. So it's uh, funny how you can get from really grumpy towards that really, uh, yeah, that nice feeling, that after a ride feeling, you know? And and have you started now the, the preparation for it uh, for 2022? You already mentioned like you, you got back on the bike again already. Um, what are is is those are those rides the type of sessions that you're doing right now or what is your focus on at the moment? It's a bit a combination of everything. So like today I do a long endurance ride, but uh, tomorrow um, there are some small efforts on the on the beach planned, um, and I also do some yeah nice discovery mountain bike rides, uh, adventure rides. Um, but next week I'm racing the Europeans, uh, the championships on the, on beach racing. So it's a bit a combination of everything. And to be honest, I like it as well to, yeah, have a bit of freedom of a, a little bit more freedom than in the summer to make a combination of everything. And, um, yeah, I like it. And then you throw in into the mix uh, being a ride leader for the for the Garmin Never Never Stop series on Swift. Uh, how often do do you ride indoors, and how do you fit that into your program? Well, in the summer I don't uh, ride a lot indoors. I go on the talks for a warming up session, or like sometimes before the race day or um, before the start of the race. But in the winter I do uh, ride on the talks. So, um, well, last week I did some some efforts because it was really raining in the Netherlands. And yeah, then it's better to sometimes go indoors. Um, I'm actually planning to go today on the talks. And um, of course, I'm uh, joining the ride. So, uh, yeah, the, there's um, a bit combination of having an hour of, of easy endurance indoor, but also sometimes some efforts. Um, yeah, it's nice to... Uh, to be in another world uh, in the indoor uh, indoor uh, session sometimes. And do you have a specific set as a warm up for your time trials? Is that always the same, um, or has that changed over the years? Or no, it's always the same actually. So we just have the the Tox Neo, and then um, you can choose yourself if you want the normal bike or the TT bike on the Tox. Um, and also at home, I make this combination. This so sometimes I ride on my normal bike. Uh, indoor but also sometimes on the talks uh, on the sorry on the time yeah. <laughs> and, and what are the efforts what does it look like the warming up can you describe it which which efforts you go through or what zones etc how is it build up um yeah we do kind of everything actually so there's always a small sprint inside um we tr yeah in the end uh, the most important thing is to to bring up the heart rate sometimes um, but we also don't do too crazy, especially when it's really warm or you really have to focus on, on uh, yeah, don't overheat yourself. 
So there's actually a bit a mix of everything. Some zone two blocks, some small sprints. Okay. And for your ride, what do you plan on being as a ride leader? Keep it easy in that zone one or zone two? Or do people really have to go dig in if they want to follow you on the ride? Well, I think the most important thing is to do what you really like to do. So if you had a really hard day at work, then just keep it easy and have a nice chat on the on the on the Swift app or or something. But um, um, yeah, whatever you want to. Maybe if you want to battle, we can have a sprint together. Or uh, well, let's see what you're up to. All right. So people, if you're listening and riding, just reach out to her, send her that message on Swift right now to challenge her for that sprint. Uh, your ride is on the 15th, <laughs> of, I think the 15th of December at 7 p.m. Uh, Central European time for the people who are on Swift and you're doing the short ride on Watopia. Uh, looking towards 2022, before we're going to wrap it up, I saw you had a bit of an evaluation after 2021. And you set some new goals for 2022. What was the evaluation and what are the new goals for the season? Well, yeah, the evaluation is always um, a nice uh, part, actually, because you look back on the most important, like the most, the best, the results you got, but also the the points of improvement, of course. And while there are always points of improvement, um, but um, yeah, now we made some new goals towards uh, 2022. I'm really looking forward uh, to start again because ne uh, next week we first arrive to Europeans beach racing and then we go on uh, team camp. Um, so it's nice to get started again. We planned a nice camp on January and February and then it's time to kick off the season. So do you already know where the camp is, where the camps are going to be? Yeah. So in December we go actually out of the comfort zone because we go to Norway and we go for some cross-country skiing. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so that's uh, the first uh, like big adventure plan. Um, and then in January, we go to Spain, of course. Um, I don't really know the uh, location yet. They are looking for it now, but uh, it will be Spain for sure. Yeah, so Norway, you've already been there victorious in Norway, obviously, last season. Let's see how you go on the, yeah. the cross-country skiing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward. You reckon there will be a bit of competition when your girls are all together and doing that? Yeah, there's always a bit of competition. Yeah, and I think it's actually for all of us the first time. So it will be uh, a combination between fun because probably we will crash and like it will be pretty hard to learn it. But then I think the uh, competition uh, part starts because everyone to, wants to learn that. Uh, as the first one or you know get the best uh, in it so yeah, yeah it will be for sure and then you mentioned that all the training camp in spain and then what is the what is the personal big goal for 2022 yeah in um uh, the, at the training camp in in december we are going to talk towards the races so i don't know exactly which races i'm going to do yet yeah. um but for me, the biggest goals are the TTs. It's um, mostly because I just enjoy them uh, the most. Um, I really want to get better. And um, yeah, so the, the TTs are always the highlight of the season for me. So of course, the national championships, but there are also so t some TTs in uh, stage races. And that's what I like as well, because stage races are normally pretty hard. And yeah, that's what suits me uh, the best. So. Will there be some wind tunnel testing for you as well? 
Um, well, we start with uh, track testing. So at yeah. uh, 29th of December, we planned uh, the test. Um, not a wind tunnel yet, but who knows? All right. Plenty to look forward to in 2022 then. And a lot of pain if you if you love those time trials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right, we are close to wrapping it up. Um, and I hope this made your virtual ride in Watopia all a little easier to hearing about the Rihanna's adventures. Uh, and you know what you need to do to complete the stage. Just never stop cycling on that ocean lava cliffside loop or even the longer stage, the Bigfoot Hills. Uh, the Garmin Never Stop series is on till the 19th of December. So we're definitely approaching the end of the series right now. There are four days left to complete this stage four with a short ride available every two hours on Swift and the long ride every six hours. And remember, you might want to do that long ride because uh, if you complete it, you go into the draw for a great price, either to win the Tex Neo 2T if you complete the long ride or the Garmin 4Runner 945 Tri Bundle if you complete the long run. Is there in those all those adventures even a bit of running for you as well every now and then, Rihanna? Yeah, sometimes, yeah, but not so long. Okay. So normally 20 minutes or something. All right. Well, that's that's already. Do you do that like in the morning then, often, or is there a preferred time? Or uh, depends. But I always do it on the rest day, so uh, I don't have to go out on the bike uh, because normally in the Netherlands it's kind of the day that it's raining in a week that you plan the rest day. You know. Yeah. Um, but it can be morning, afternoon. Doesn't matter. So, so not like uh, like teammate uh, Primoz Roglic even during the Tour de France. Sneaking out early morning to go for a little bit of a jog before a stage. No, no, no. That's a bit too much for me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny to see him doing actually. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. On altitude camp. Um, yeah. It's pretty impressive because the guys are for long hours on the uh, bike, uh, like six hours or something. And then even go really early in the morning before breakfast for the small uh, run. But I heard that he's more like a kind of walk running than uh, like it's not full gas. So uh, it's more, it's it's more, more like I speed walking. Yeah, I think it's more to get the head clean and to enjoy being outside, uh, getting some fresh air, you know, and, and cleaning the mind before the training starts. But I don't know. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Okay, uh, Rihanna, thank you so much for joining us for this one. Wish you all the best for uh, for next season. And obviously, uh, happy Merry Christmas coming up, as you love it so thank much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> all right, and thank you all for tuning in to this episode and uh, following us this series. If you enjoyed all the episodes, make sure you subscribe to the Turbo Talks on your favorite podcast channel. And perhaps listen back to one of the previous episodes with cycling greats like Anna van der Breggen, Tom Dumoulin, Nino Schuter, Alberto Contador, Sven Nijs and many, many more. So tell a friend about the Turbo Talks and subscribe, share, like and leave a rating and a review on iTunes. This was Rob Bau with Rianne Marcus of Team Jumbo Visma for the fourth and final stage of the Garmin Never Stop series. Stay tuned for the next Turbo Talks. <laughs>